right, how's everybody doing? Good. I'm excited to get started with week two of our Inside Out series. Now, a few months back, Katie had visited uh, this home that one of our friends had recently remodeled. Now, I still haven't had the opportunity to go out to this house, but I know that the guy who remodeled it did an unbelievable job, and I know this because Katie told me all about it, like every little detail. Now, something that's important for you to know about me is that I am not handy, like, at all. Okay, so changing the strings on my guitar is like, kind of a big deal, right? I reward myself for getting uh, training wheels on and off. About as good as it gets in my house is for me to change light bulbs, okay? That's like, uh, that's like my ceiling when it comes to being handy. And to be honest, I never really knew that I cared. Uh, I didn't think it bothered me. I'm good at some other things. I have friends that always seem willing to be guilted into helping me around the house. And so it was crazy to me what happened that evening listening to my wife describe in such vivid detail the skill and handiwork of another man. And what happened is I started getting angry. And the more she went on, the angrier I got. And it became where it wasn't just feeling angry. I was acting angry. I mean, I was... I was huffing and puffing and rolling my eyes. I was closed off to my wife. I had become a completely different person. And in that moment, it was like these voices in my head completely took over. And they were saying the craziest things like, who's this guy think he is? And why is he impressing my wife like that? You know what? He's not better than me. And uh, I don't know if Katie noticed, but I changed like six light bulbs last week. So <laughs> you're welcome. And the voices went on and on, and they just got crazier and crazier. And here's the worst part. I know the guy that remodeled this house, and I love him. There's literally not one single bad thing I can think to say about this guy, but the voices in my head were so much in control that none of that mattered. It was irrational, it was inexcusable, but I was angry. And so today we're going to talk a lot about anger, and so I want us to get acquainted with that particular emotion. Ever wonder why you feel the way you do? Well, get to know your emotions. When things go wrong, anger is there. This is anger. He will make sure the world knows anger is in control. But what you really need to watch out for is when he's out of control. Get to know all your emotions with Inside Out. So anger can be one of the major voices in our head. And this matters because as we've learned already in the series, the voices in your head control the story of your life. Now, we unpacked this at a pretty deep level last weekend. And so if you missed last weekend, that's okay. But I need you to find some time this week to go on to city.church slash inside out and get caught up. This first week's talk was so foundational for the next five weeks uh, that I really encourage you guys to go check out city.church slash inside out. Now today, I'm going to give you the simplified kind of Reader's Digest version of the concept that we talked about last week. And so last week, we discovered that if you boil down the entire way that the world works, it comes down to an infinite number of experiences that lead to action. But we also saw last week 
that for us humans, there is a step in between our experiences and our actions. And we call this step the inner narrative. The inner narrative is the voices in your head. And so everything that you experience in life has to be processed through the inner narrative. Now this is hugely important because what that means is that the action we take in life isn't tied to our experiences. Rather, it is tied to what our inner narrative, the voices in our head, decide about that experience. So one more time, so we have to get this. The, the action that we take in life is not tied to our experiences. The action we take in life is tied to what our inner narrative decides about that experience. And so what happens when we have an angry inner narrative? Well, just think about the story that I just told about my own anger. You see, my experience of hearing my wife tell me a story about a great remodeled house could have led to a number of actions. And about the only one that doesn't make sense is anger. There's no way that my angry actions could be tied to the experience of listening to my wife brag about this beautiful house. And it's not, because our actions aren't tied to our experiences, our actions are tied to what our inner narrative decides about that experience. And so listen, the voices in your head aren't always directly angry. For me, that evening, it was the voice of comparison telling me that I wasn't good enough. It was uh, the voice of insecurity telling me I wasn't a well-rounded man. It was the voice of rejection thinking that my wife didn't think that I was good enough. And all of these different voices led me to an angry inner narrative. And an angry inner narrative leads us to angry actions. And so no one says this better than one of the all-time great philosophers, Jedi Master Yoda. And so Yoda says that fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. And so to summarize Yoda's thoughts, an angry inner narrative always leads to a story of suffering. An angry inner narrative always leads to a story of suffering. Now, I'm assuming that you guys who are here online in the video cafe, that you come to this place because you want to live a better story. You want to work on some things. You want to start fixing the broken parts of your life. And I'm telling you right now that an angry inner narrative is directly opposed to that goal because an angry inner narrative always leads to a story of suffering. And so the question is, are you suffering because of an angry inner narrative? Maybe you've lost friends because of a hot temper or you put strain on your marriage with passive aggressiveness. Perhaps you've missed promotions at work because you can't deal with conflict or you've damaged the relationship with your kids with outbursts that you'll never be able to take back. Maybe your anger comes out with foul language, or you're a fighter and it comes out physically, or maybe you're the opposite and you're a stuffer, and so you just stuff your anger as deep as you can get it until it tears you up emotionally and maybe even physically. Or perhaps you're just moody or irritable or impossible to please, or maybe you're just plain mean. 
However your anger expresses itself, this is the tricky part. Our natural inclination is to blame our anger on the experiences outside of ourselves, And so we blame our anger on the election, our taxes, our jobs, or our in-laws. But the truth is, angry actions aren't tied to our experiences. Angry actions are tied to an angry inner narrative. Now, some of you still aren't convinced, and I understand why. Because you may be thinking, listen, dude, you don't know what I've experienced. You don't know what I experience on a daily basis, and you would bet everything you have that your angry actions are, in fact, tied to bad experiences. And so here's what I want to say to that quickly. There are very few things in this life that we can control. And our experiences, unfortunately, are not one of them. But what is inside of you, your inner narrative, you do have the power to control. And so if you're hoping that you can fix your anger from the outside in by focusing on your experiences, then you are giving up your power and you're making your own self weaker. A better story has to come from the inside out, and if we don't live that way, we will live our lives as victims of our own experiences. A better story has to come from the inside out because the voices in your head are what is controlling the story of your life. And so the question for us today is, how can we change an angry inner narrative so that we can avoid a story of suffering? Well, last week we looked at the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible, and we saw how their disobedience took us from a perfect world to the very broken world that we live in now. And so today we're going to continue their story, and we're going to see just how quickly anger showed up on the scene. And so in the book of Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve conceived, and they had two sons. They had Cain, who was the older brother, and they had Abel, the younger brother. And today we're going to read their story in Genesis chapter 4. The Bible says that Abel kept the flocks and Cain worked the soil. And in the course of time, in other words, after the boys had grown up, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, the fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. And so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And so Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out in the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel, and he killed him. You see, an angry inner narrative always leads to a story of suffering, and it led Cain all the way to murdering his own brother. And so we're going to take some time today to break down this story so that we can understand how we can avoid the same fate as Cain. 
And so the story opens uh, with a sacrifice. The boys had grown up, and it was time to bring an offering to God. This was how they gave an act of worship to God. And if you notice in the narrative, Abel's offering was accepted and approved by God, but Cain's was not. And so I want us to go back to the text to find out why. And so the Bible says that in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, the fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Now at first read, it might be confusing why God would pick one of these offerings over the other. What was God up to? But there are two key words in this text that tell us what was really going on. You see, it says that Cain gave some of his harvest and that Abel gave the first of his flock. Cain gave some of what he had and Abel gave the best. He gave what was first. Some of you remember back in the summer when Dave taught us a talk called God Must be first, and he used this story, and he showed us how all throughout scripture, God desires to be first. He wants to be first in every aspect of our life. It's why just a few moments ago, Lee encouraged you to tithe first, because God always blesses what is first. And these two very distinct offerings showed a lot about the hearts of the men who were giving it. Cain haphazardly threw together some of his fruit, some of his harvest, and hoped that it would be good enough for God, while Abel was intentional. His offering came from the heart. He scanned his flock until he found the very best, the very firstborn, and that's what he gave. And so Cain's offering was rejected, and Cain did not take this well. The Bible says that he was very angry, and in the Hebrew, these words, very angry, are the word hurrah. And that's like an angry word, right? Hurrah. It means to burn with anger. This word in the Hebrew is always linked with the intention to act on that anger. Not only was Cain so mad, burning with rage, but he had the intention to act on that rage. And it was at that very moment that God intervened. God stepped in, and he spoke directly to Cain. I mean, can you even imagine in the middle of one of the crises of your life for God to just show up and engage you in a conversation, for God to intervene on your behalf? What an incredible opportunity for Cain. And in Scripture, it says that the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? God was asking Cain, why are you angry? He was challenging Cain's interpretation of his experience. Why are you angry, Cain? You see, God knew that Cain was pushing the blame to everyone else around him. He blamed God for not approving his offering. He blamed his brother for showing him up. He blamed everyone but himself. And so God made it very clear to him. He said, Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? 
God broke it down real simple for Cain. He said, your anger is spilling out onto everyone else. It's obvious just by looking at you. Why is your face so downcast? This isn't about God not accepting your offering. This isn't about your brother showing you up. This is about you. And if you do what is right, you will be accepted. God asked Cain three questions here. For those of you who were here last week, they're incredibly similar questions that he asked Adam and Eve. Now, after these questions, he gave Cain a warning. He had said, listen, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. But he went on to say, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. And so you must rule over it. You must become the master of it. Such an incredible word picture for sin to be crouching at your door. And in the Hebrew, the door was a metaphor for your mind, for the seat of your emotions, for the control center of your life. You see, Jesus was calling Cain's inner narrative into question. He was saying, if you don't do what is right, then sin is ready to take over your mind. It is ready to rule your inner narrative. And so as we read, Cain ignored God's warning. He did not focus on himself. He did not try to get control of the voices in his head. Instead, he invited his brother to a field. And when they got there, he murdered him in cold blood. And he did this not based off of his experience. He did it based off of an angry inner narrative. And it led Cain for the rest of his life to an incredibly tragic story of suffering. He refused to listen to God and to take control of the voices in his head. And so as we've said all along, the voices in his head controlled the story of his life. And so let me ask you today, are you dealing with an angry inner narrative? Maybe not all the time, but often enough to lead you to suffering in different parts of your life, suffering in your relationships or in your places of work, suffering with your children. Are you angry? And more importantly, are you ready to make a change? You see, God says that sin is crouching at the door of your mind, that it desires to have you, that the lies of this world and the lies of sin want to control your inner narrative. They want to keep you angry and lead you to a story of suffering. But the great news is this. The same promise that God made Cain, he makes to us. If you do what is right, you will be accepted. And not only that, but you can become the master of your own inner narrative. You can take back control and begin to change the anger that is in the voices in your head. The anger that is leading you to a story of suffering. So where do we start? Well, last week in scripture, we saw a very clear template that corresponds 
directly to the three steps of our model, our experience, our inner narrative, and our actions. And as I said earlier, the same questions that God asked Adam and Eve last week, he asked Cain this week. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through these three steps. I'm going to ask you some questions, and then right here in the service, we're going to allow you some time to reflect and to respond. Now, this may be uncomfortable for some of you. It may seem like a long time for some of you. Here's what I want to ask. I want to ask you to be honest, to be honest with yourself and honest with God, to be reflective, to think about your life. If you don't know what else to do, then just pray. Pray and ask God to bring clarity to the angry parts of your life. Pray and ask God to begin to change you from the inside out. And so we're going to start with our experience. God asked Cain, why are you angry? And today I want to ask you the same thing. The areas of your life where you experience anger, why are you anger, angry? What are you experiencing? Where does it happen? Maybe it's at work where you feel neglected or overlooked. Maybe it's at home with a dismissive spouse or disrespectful kids. Maybe you're at your angriest when you're all by yourself. And so I want you to take some time today and answer this question, what parts of your life cause you to experience anger? Now that we've had a little time to be honest about our experience, the source of our anger, I want us to talk about our inner narrative. God asked Cain, why is your face downcast? What God was saying is, Cain, your expression is exposing your emotions. It's showing what is happening inside of you. When you experience whatever it is that causes you anger, what do the voices in your head begin to tell you? Maybe for you, it's the voice of comparison to everyone around you, making you not feel good enough. Maybe it's the voice of insecurity spilling out to everyone around you, the voice of rejection, the voice that you're not good enough, the voice of abandonment. God gives us permission to question these voices in our head, to compare them to what is true. And so I want you to take a moment and answer this question. What voices in your head 
have created an angry inner narrative. Those voices, whatever they are, if they lead to an angry inner narrative, they are lies. They are not truth, and you should reject them from your life because your angry inner narrative is what's leading to angry actions. God asked Cain, are you doing what is right? It's a question of our actions. These angry thoughts, these angry voices in our mind, what are they leading to in our lives? How are we acting out on them? How are we causing suffering in our own life or in other people's lives? Now listen, this is a painful place to go. This is a scary place to go to get honest about the actions that we may be ashamed of. But when you set those things on the table, when you get honest and you drag them into the light of God, that is when he can begin to do his work on them. And so the last question I want you to answer today is, what actions are caused by your angry inner narrative? so God we're bearing our hearts to you today God we're getting honest with you today we're calling our experiences what they are and and we're taking away their power to control our lives God we're getting honest about the voices in our head that are not from you the voices in our head that are keeping us angry that are keeping us from fulfilling the purpose that you have laid on our lives God, we reject those voices, not just today, but every day. And God, we lay our actions before you. We know you see them anyway, God, but it's hard to talk about. God, we're ashamed and we're embarrassed, but we put it all on the table and we ask that you would take it, God. God, that every day you would walk us through these three steps so we could know truth, so we could take control of our inner narrative 
God, so we could fix the anger in our life and we can live a better story. We can live a story that truly comes from the inside out. And so we love you, God, and we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've taught us already. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, this, uh, this three-step model is something that you can walk through every day. We're out of time, but quickly, on Thursday of this week, Katie and I were at the gym, and I was just, I was mad. And it was about something personal, it's not your business, I was mad. <laughs> and I was just venting to her, and this and that, and so and so. And she looked at me and she said, have you asked the three questions? And I thought, well, no, I told 5,000 people to do that. I guess I should walk through it. And I walked through it, and it worked. And it completely changed my perspective. It does work. Ask the three questions. Walk through the three steps. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, week one at city.church slash inside out, uh, please go watch that and get caught up. We'll be back at it next week. Our prayer team is up front. If you'd like to pray or talk with someone, I love you guys. Y'all have a great week.